What's going on, friends? This is Random number 102. That's right, Roomies and Movies number 102. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of things today. Um, yes, I did watch Wandering Earth because now we're going to talk about it. Um, alongside yeah. Black Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on Bass Brothers for a quick second and tell you how great it is. Um, for Best and Worst list, we had... Seven in Dragon Ball Evolution. And then theatrically, we watched Aladdin, Brightburn, and Booksmart this weekend. Um, are there any other news stories you want to hit on before diving into all of that? Shit, you think I remember anything? <laughs> Fair enough. Same with me. Um, so let's just talk real quick about how great Bath Brothers is. Sorry, I was drinking water. It's really good. <laughs> uh, when you told me the other day that I should see it, like it, it's been on the back of my burner list because for a Netflix comedy, I figured it was going to be an hour, hour and a half long, and like it's hard to find time for that. But this is this comes in a cool half hour, and it's just a perfect, wonderful little treat. Um, Lonely Island dropped this last Wednesday, didn't they? Something like that. Wednesday or Thursday or something, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I saw somebody's Netflix sign-in on uh, Twitter yesterday saying everybody doesn't have an excuse to watch it now, so. It's true. And also, like, it's fun to watch, but the album's also on Spotify if you just want to listen to it, which I did. I listened to it, like, twice before I actually watched it. (laughs) It's such a random, eclectic visualization that I'm so enamored by that them putting this together. Like, this is the, the era of baseball that I like pretty dedicatedly watched. Um, early 90s, stuff like that. Uh, when Nolan Ryan was a madhouse pitcher, like, this was the the best part of baseball. And like, this album was just insane to me. Um, I think they have two songs on YouTube as well. But, like, yeah. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's only a half hour long, and it's so worth watching. It's it, If you dig the Lonely Island, there's no way you're not going to like this. So, mm-hmm. It's true. That's pretty much it. Um, let's jump from there. Uh, you want to do Best and Worst or Black, Black Sunday first? Uh, it's Black Summer, and oh, if you want to do that, go ahead. Uh, how do you feel about Black Summer? Uh, I don't know. How did you feel? Because like you were hating on it before you went in. I Yesterday, was you're like so shocked. Show. I was so shocked. Um, because everything I heard of, like I've only heard about it from two people, and they like legitimately, vehemently hated it. Um, they thought it was just a boring exercise and like seeing if people can make dramatic faces, and that's all I heard. And I was like. Eight episodes, uh, I don't really care. But then you said it was like eight episodes, half hour long episodes, which turned into like a four hour jaunt turned into like a six hour jaunt, which is not that big, big a complaint. But like, as soon as I dug into it, like I binged the whole goddamn thing. It's so good. I love how they did all the storytelling. Um, it kind of had that lost vibe with the, uh, title cards um in the way they were telling the story for the most part um but yeah i just really dug how they told the zombie story yeah it's uh it does the thing that i'm much more interested in when it comes to zombie stories uh in that it shows me the world as it's falling apart i think that's more interesting than all these other ones are like well now we're in the zombie apocalypse and everything's broken already and now we're trying to survive like, I like the idea of, like, there is some sort of government still functioning in a military, and they're trying to figure this out. No one knows what's going on. That's always a better hook to me than just, let's survive. It happened. Um, mm-hmm. And to see the same thing you get with, like, uh, like the first Mad Max movie, where you actually see, like, the consequences of this and how quickly humanity devolves and breaks down. And that's always more interesting to me than just... There's zombies. Because for the most part, until like almost the end, you hardly see zombies do anything. It's it's 
human on human violence and what these people are trying to accomplish to survive. That's the real yeah, struggle. I think, I think right that. out the gate, like you get this world set up, the rules of the zombies, like if somebody dies, they're a zombie. And like it's almost instantaneous. Like they get five seconds to get up and boom, they're a zombie. Um, I think it was really cool to show that um, with you, we're saying um, it's, it shows the decline. Like, I feel like this is just the precipice of everybody starting to turn, um, even to the point where, like, the one dad is dying at the beginning. And, like, she sets him down for five seconds and goes to, like, check the rest of the house and by the time she gets to like the back of the hallway he's already turned and like just coming after her um it's a wild wild race like there's so much the tension's done really well in this show to the point where i hated it uh because i just couldn't turn it off um it's like just get to the next point just get to the next point and like they did a lot of great uh, things yeah but like get to the next point that next point is like murderous children (laughs) yeah it's insane um there's so much i like about this and uh, like it's the perfect time like even when you told me like they were different times like it wasn't just a timed out episodic run um i think it just worked i think they put together these sections figured out what episodes they were going to throw it together and it's like this is what we got so um, it works so much better. Like there was, there, I don't think there's any filler in this. Like it's all just fucking great. Well, like the thing it does that I really enjoy is um, <clears throat> the world and the people within it. It's a lot of contraction and expansion. Like you, you see the small group, and then it slowly gets bigger, and then something befalls them, and we cut people out and make it smaller, and then groups meet each other, and it's just it's a nice ebb and flow to the story that they're telling like you know by the point that that truck fucking rams into a concrete wall and the old lady goes flying through us like well shit i guess the old lady's not in the show anymore <laughs> but she totally is um that was the coolest thing is like there's consequences so they're put in these grave situations but they can't really kill anybody because that means they're fighting against the real zombie right away um it's it's just pure insanity. I think like this is what I hoped Walking Dead always was, um, and like everybody's fucking constantly running. Like there's no bullshit zombies. I don't even think they could get really wounded except taking a headshot because like they were getting lit up all over the place and just fucking creepy ass jumping on people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's like the best visualization of like Left for Dead video game there's ever been. Like it's just constantly running from these zombies and like the t- the tensions there, um, these situations are ridiculous. Like there's some moments that you're like, wait, why wouldn't you just take a nap there? Or like, why wouldn't you wait? And like they aren't really able to like there's some nitpicking I could do, but overall I really just enjoyed the series. Yeah. It's a fun little watch. I don't think it's anything like that's going to change your mind about like the zombie genre. Like I'm still kind of burned out from it, but yeah. it's an enjoyable quick couple hours to burn through. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I really dig, dig these characters and like it, doesn't really give you their backstories for the most part. It just sets you in this world, tells you who the people are, and then just goes from there. Um, it's really, really cool dynamic. Like, it's just really well done. So, do you, are, have they gotten a second season yet? I don't even know if they want to. This is technically a prequel to a TV series called Z Nation. Is that what it's called? Huh. Yeah, I have no idea. But. Now I'm interested to find out if that went, which, went from here. Which I think I've watched like two episodes of that show and it was fine. But like I was like, I hate zombies. So I'm not watching it. But uh, fucking Michael from Lost was in it. <laughs> wow. He was just doing that a lot, but there was just zombies. Was, was he, fine. Was he a traitorous son of a bitch? No. Walt, well, he wasn't a traitor. He got tricked. Ben Linus manipulated him. Look, you can get tricked and you can still be a traitor. 
I think that's mm-hmm. they go. Remember he blew, he 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 suicide bombed that ship. Remember that's how he saved himself. Uh, I remember him shooting Hurley's girlfriend, and I'll never forgive him for that. Fuck that Hurley needed that. <laughs> no, he did not. He was happy and he was content. And Michael he's always all like, "I'm the happy-go-lucky guy," and you're like, "Guess what else those lottery numbers cursed you with? I'm gonna kill your girlfriend." Boom. He threw a hot pocket at Ben. I feel like he's the hero of the entire show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check out Black Summer. It's it's awesome. Eight episodes. I mean, you get started, you're going to binge right through it. So, um, yeah, really well done. Uh, did you have anything else on Black Summer then? Uh, no, I think I'm good. How fucking awesome was Wandering Earth, though? It's not. It's really bad. It's so bad. I hate that you said that. Like, I was like, it can't be that bad. Um, because we saw Brightburn together. Full disclosure, but like while we're getting ready for it, like Luke drops these little things like Wandering Earth's a terrible movie. And also, I saw this horror movie that you're not gonna like because you hate horror, blah blah blah. And I'm like, fuck, now I gotta learn what what these are. And it's like, I'll watch Wandering Earth. I was intrigued by Wandering Earth because I think it's the first China done sci fi, like it's a fully independent done in China, China that. Is has gone straight to Netflix, hasn't it? Oh, it had a theatrical like it played here for a couple weeks. Oh, like I right. could have went inside, but uh, Netflix, I guess, bought the rights and just dumped it. I don't know. That makes sense. Um, what do you hate about this movie? Uh, it's it's just a really bad Roland Emmerich movie. Mm, you're gonna have to describe that a little bit more because I'm not uh, quite it's, sure. It's just. 2012 or the day after tomorrow or 95 Godzilla like it's just this dumb destruction movie that's terrible and boring and it's stupid characters and they literally just steal things that they thought were cool they're like hey you know what I like the fucking AI from 2001 I guess our show should have AI too for some reason cool remember in gravity when like they're floating through space let's do that too yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, I see where you're coming from with all that. Uh, I thought it was just really well done. Like, the, I think the sci-fi side of it, like, the look of it's really fucking cool. I mean, I think the premise is the thing I have the hardest time wrapping my brain around. But I, I even that, uh, I'm on board with because I just thought it was a cool idea of something different that we haven't seen. No, um, it's fucking stupid. Like. <laughs> It's like, literally, instead of building ships of any sort, which we obviously could do, we're just going to place 10,000 rockets <laughs> on the side of Earth and move Earth. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, and that's then fucking awesome. <laughs> the, the, the whole idea that, like, we built these underground cities to survive, which still doesn't make sense because... How are you still going to survive once we move and all this is happening? Uh, but they can only put like half the world's population into it. There would be a fucking revolt from the other side. And so all these people being like, yeah, I guess we'll just freeze on the surface. It's cool. Uh, I, I don't think they had a really big choice, but uh, to hell with them. Um, <laughs> no, but I was totally on board with it. Like, um, yeah, I like the navigating uh, ship place in front like it feels like they had the technology to build the ships to accommodate like a few people but they definitely wouldn't have been able to get that many people off and like there's a lot of those cool shots that are kind of kind of reminded me when we watched interstellar a few months back like there's some really awesome space shit like when they're getting close to jupiter and like it's pulling into the gravity like there's just some awesome shots for that. And, like, I just think the look, the aesthetic of the whole thing worked really well. Um, I, can yeah, see, but... I can see your side of why you don't like it, but I just really, I really think it worked well for me, so. Good for you. You're a big dumb-dumb. You're, listen, you're just hating is... shit to hate shit. No, it's, it is no better than fucking Armageddon. 
Yes, but Armageddon is just a fun little watch every now and then. No, it's not. And no. It totally what? is. When fucking Baron jumps the fucking ship fucking to find the other dudes, like, you give Armageddon shit, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-mm. And again, this literally has a scene where a guy is just shooting his machine gun at Jupiter and being like, <laughs> screw you, Jupiter. It's the dumb stuff uh, I got to that moment and it only reminded me of when uh, Frost is talking about it in um, Hot Fuzz. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You fire uh, fucking whatever's pissed off. <laughs> like, when you said that part was dumb, I was like, nope, I love this. If I had a fucking mini cannon to shoot at Jupiter, I totally would. Just in the middle of the night. The hell with Jupiter. The hell with Jupiter. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I dug it. So if you're in the sci-fi, mm-hmm. check it out. Or don't. Or don't. Like, it's fucking... It, one, I was pissed that like you made me watch it and then you never watched it. Like I saw this like two weeks ago. Fair enough. Um, I, I totally wa- told him to watch it last week and I got bogged down and didn't get time. And then he was like, we didn't talk about it. And I was like, fuck, I'll watch it this week because I made you. So. But then the other thing is like, it's just, it's like, it's two fucking hours long and I don't care about any of these characters. And it's just ugh, it's so dumb. You need to live a little. You need family to live for. <laughs> mm, no. uh, but yeah I uh, liked how they did the whole like describe or the few characters that we lose along the way like we learn their backstory like right before they die and it's like uh, I don't know I, I like this a lot better than like 2012 or shit like that so mm. I think it just worked well good for you Good, good for you. I don't like any of that shit. Good for me. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into best and worst this week. And, uh, well, let's start with the worst side and talk about how shitty Dragon Ball Evolution was. What are you talking about? It's really good. It's so good. See? This is the shit Luke pulls. He, this whole week he's been like, listen, maybe we made a mistake even after I pleaded last week that we shouldn't watch it. Like, I've known how bad this movie is. I had no desire to watch this ever in my life. And I was like holding out hope that maybe everybody's just wrong. Maybe maybe there's something redeemable about this. And like out of the gate, just fucking atrocious. It's listen, you need to calm it down. One, you might have heard how bad this movie was. This is the <laughs> second time I've seen it. So <laughs> Uh yeah, but that was on you. You had every it was. you had every chance to walk away last week. Um, nope. The um, only so... thing good I could say about this movie is like it doesn't take a second to leave any filler. Like it's just like here's the straight story. We've cut everything we need to be any discernible interest, and like we're just gonna shoot this. I still have no fucking idea who Piccolo's assistant was. Just shapeshifter, <laughs> whatever the fuck. That was. But you're the big Dragon Ball fan. I'm the Dragon Ball fan. I've watched regular Dragon Ball Z and even GT, and I'm a fan of GT even. But like, this is such a fucking mess of everything. Um, Piccolo's design <laughs> is atrocious. Um, fucking- it looks really close. I really hate Goku when he, like, fucking gels up his hair to go to a party at a high school, whatever. And, like, they do the cute joke that, like, he gets it down and, like, he just sticks up because, like, that's just his hair. His his, his hair is wacky and crazy. Um, <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, Master um, Roshi did, uh... having a beard was just a pain in the ass. Like, I just hate every bit of this movie. <laughs> See, now you're just not allowing for any creative license. You're like, you just have a beard. Fuck that. It's not Mario Master Roshi. Like, I'm trying. Listen, I'm totally am. And I'll I'll own that fact. Like, I I went into this. Like, most Dragon Ball Z movies, even, um, kind of pick and choose, like, plot details along the actual long story. And, like, kind of fill in the gaps. So I was kind of expecting that from this. But, like, they took a lot of real turns 
with the story, even right out of the gate when like Piccolo's was sent to Earth with this fucking monkey baby and like they're going to destroy everything with the eclipse that comes. It's like hmm, a lot of this is fucking bullshit. Like, is it? Here, I, what I want you to explain to me is how did Piccolo get out of his prison? Uh, also, I, I have no idea. I guess they put him in a pot and after 2,000 years it weakens. He was just like, they're like, Piccolo's free. And I was like, how? Literally the movie opens with him being like, we imprisoned him forever. And then all of a sudden he's just in a big skyship blowing <laughs> shit up. And apparently he knew he was trapped in a pot because they had a second pot that they were going to try to trap him in. And he just blew that shit up. Oh, yeah, my with God. the power of his key. <laughs> I also hate that they called it key. It's chi. Any yeah. goddamn where else. But they had to say. Like, they, I think they went intentionally down a route to troll everybody they possibly could that even thought about liking Dragon Ball. <laughs> but um, you get such sweet things as, you know, Yamcha shows up and does fucking nothing. Listen, that's classic Yamcha. Yamcha's never done a fucking thing in the entire series. And, like, he doesn't do anything, goes ahead and gets himself killed, and everybody pauses looks at the camera and is like, oh, Yamcha. So I'm surprised he survived the movie. That's true. (laughs) Um, You know, Goku learns how to do the Kamiyamihei because he wants to fuck. That's the thing I learned. (laughs) Which is reasonable. I'm pretty okay. So when he learns it in the original Dragon Ball series, um, he has to get Master Roshi to go to Chi-Chi's castle because the Ox King, who is Chi-Chi's father, just started a wait, fire wait, wait. and like everything's on Hold fire. On. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. So Chi-Chi really has a castle that wasn't just some fucked up random thing when she's like, "Come to my house for party," and they went to a fucking castle. Yeah, yeah. He well, her father's the Ox King. <laughs> I was really I was really pissed that she didn't have her uh fucking ninja star helmet. Like she has a mohawk helmet and like she can throw the mohawk off of it and it's like a fucking blade. Uh she's thrown it at Goku a couple times. But like so when he learns the Kamehameha wave, uh Master Roshi is at the castle and he uses it to like shoot over the castle. So, like, all the wind knocks out all the flame that's engulfed the castle. And, like, Goku just watches him do it. And he's like, huh, I think I can do that. And he's, like, fucking five years old. And Master Roshi's like, son of a bitch. This kid's going to be trouble. So, I don't know. Yeah, and in this one, he's just like, I better blow out these candles so we can <laughs> And then Shapeshifter, Chi-Chi, comes in and just steals Dragon Ball. Like, hmm. This movie's real bad, so don't ever watch there was it. Also, um, there was also a lot more gunfighting than I would expect from, from a Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Bulma had a gun starting out. But I don't True. think she ever cared about it after she was in cahoots with Goku, because Goku would never just hit anything that came around to do anything. And I love that Roshi yeah. jumps the fuck out of the uh, hole that Yamcha's trapped them in and was like, hey, listen, throw down the rope and we'll give you so much money. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you could have just fucking thrown everybody out. Fuck you. Fuck this stupid movie. Also, it's I'm so pissed good, off but... we didn't get Puar, which is Yamcha's friend. And, sh- and that's a uh... shapeshifter. But, but there's that cool part where... Uh, Goku gets the guys to beat up their own car. You know? Son of a bitch. I hate this movie so goddamn much. And I like, uh, I got done with this movie and was so pissed off. I immediately text Luke through the credits and realized there's an after credits and I was just immediately super pissed off that they had set up a second one like thinking this would do anything well. Fuck yeah, it. it's Fuck more pickle I hate them all. Remember when Goku turned into that big stupid monkey and it looked awful? <laughs> Just twice the size of a regular person, not the size of a city? Yeah, that made a lot of sense. And they go for that whole, like... Uh, I love that he didn't that, have a tail, too. 
that he didn't that wasn't I love uh, that they go noticed. for the the uh they want to do like the Empire Strikes Back fucking twist which is like <laughs> no Goku you are Uzaru and it's just like no one cares man I also hate the the wasted uh that they wasted <laughs> wasted a uh, Dragon Ball wish to bring Roshi back like no let's just deal with him being dead uh, because there's a lot of terrible wishes they've made along the way. I'm pretty sure the first wish with the Dragon Balls was for a pair of panties. Uh, because I'm fairly sure of what everything that I've seen of it, it's always them wishing someone back from the dead. That's always just like uh, fucking Yamcha got his ass beat, so we got to go get the balls and bring him back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much for the most part. Um, I just remember the first wish because uh, Emperor Pilaf, which is a really short dude. Um, gathered them all and like had imprisoned them and like this is the first time Goku changes into the monkey is because they're in a cell and the eclipse is happening um, as Emperor Pilaf summons Shenron and like their little friend runs out and wishes for panties before the other dude can wish for immortality so it was a running gag when GT showed up and like each of the wishes were a dragon like that dragon was super funny to me because, like, she hated that she was born off sup- such a stupid wish. So, man, anime is dumb. Anime is the best. Live action anime is the worst. So they tried. No, this almost vaguely feels like someone met might have like seen an episode of Dragon Ball. No, it sounds like they listened to somebody that knew what they were talking about for like. Talk about maybe a half an arc, and they're like, "Yeah, I can totally write that story." <laughs> and they're like, "Fuck off!" I just hate. Yeah, it. and they're like, "Well, first of all, Goku's got to be in high school. That's what we need to start with." <laughs> I love that because Goku's never been in any schooling whatsoever. To hell with all of that. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. So, um, yeah, I hate it. I hate you. I hate all of that. Um, we're just gonna move on and never mention Dragon Ball Evolution ever again. I it's what's what's stupid about it is like the cast is actually really good. That's the like, ironic part. Like I remember when this got announced, and it when it was in theaters, I believe we were still living together, and like I was like, there can't be any way that this could be that terrible. And I'm pretty sure I would have murdered somebody had I seen this back then. This is really atrocious. And, like, I remember, like, I think everybody involved had, like, some really good projects that they were involved with. And, like, this is pre um, Shameless Emma Rossum. Um, Emmy Rossum, yep. And, like, uh, Justin Chatwin, who played Goku, was also on Shameless. Yeah. Um, and he was also really good in an indie film I liked called The Chum Scrubber. But, like, you know, it's just like, and, you know, Chow Yun Fat is good. It's like the cast is good. It's just, it's such a bad movie. Like, this is the epitome of just doing a project because somebody was paying you. And it, it's never rung true to me. Like, even. I've seen interviews with Leguizamo talking about how he hates talking about Super Mario Brothers, but it was a fucking fat paycheck for him. And, like, now that makes sense. Now I see why people are ashamed of a few things that they've done in their past. Like, there's no way you were making this story worth a damn. Such a mess. Um, But, yeah, jumping from the worst to now the best... And how was your rewatch of seven? Not as good as Dragon Ball. Fuck you. I you're just being an <laughs> asshole right now. Now start over yeah, again. But How'd you like good. seven? Almost as good as Dragon Ball? No. Get out of here. <laughs> no, seven's great. And it's always gonna be great. I was what really do you just say about, about to hang up. Like to hell with you. <laughs> like I can't gauge you anymore. Um, you and your fucking trolling, like, I hate you. Like, and we're still getting worse from here. Like, I don't know where the, I'm afraid to see how lower the rungs go. Because with seven, I'm equally excited to see 
how better we can get from there. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, to be fair, Dragon Balls just hurts because you're a Dragon Ball fan. That's fair. I watch them like it's a bad movie. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> and now you're just trolling me with all the responses. And it's like, I've got this for a week now and I'm through with it. <laughs> no. Um, but Seven's great. Um, yeah, I just rewatched um, the game a couple months ago, too. And it's just like, fuck yeah, David Fincher was great. He's still okay now. Like, I don't love Gone Girl as much as everyone else did. And um, I thought uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo still sucked, even though he was on it. But, like, fucking old Fincher is dope, man. He's so good. That's fair. Um, I, I don't think I've seen this in probably the last 15 years or so. Um, but, yeah, this this movie holds together so well. And, like, it's the early 90s when, like, everybody was fascinated by serial killers. And, like, we were making that transition to, like, they're not all psycho. Like, they're actually really intelligent beings that we need to be fucking afraid of beyond anything we've even encountered. Like, and I feel, I really feel like that turn started with Silence of the Lambs to the point where I noticed, like, they gave, uh, Foster. Jodie Foster a shout out um, during the movie, like even saying that which, exact thing, which which is not a re- reference to Silence of the Lambs. It's a reference to um, a guy tried to assassinate Reagan and said that Jodie Foster told him to. Oh, see, I wish it's you would have. It's the same as like in the same th- part where he's just like, you know, they say my dog told me to. That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Son of Sam, you know, his dog was giving him instructions mm. to kill people. See, and now I wish you would have just let me live with that lie because I thought it was fantastic because, like, I don't even... So, well, Summer of Sam's a real thing, too. So, it felt like it was giving a nod to, like, pop culture of the time. Um, but apparently it's a real thing, so that chewed that up. But, like, this movie's fascinating. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy the subject matter. Like, it feels like this is still very problematic nowadays. Like, we have these insane people doing this shit just just for the hell of it. And, like, the world's a really bleak place. Um, Well, I mean, if you want to go into that digression, you know, it's the same with uh, the idea... How do I want to say it? You know, when John Doe at the end, when he's in the car and he's like, you know, these will live beyond me and they'll be studied forever and I'm going to be famous off this, essentially. It's the same as the people who are like, don't say a school shooter's name because that's all we're doing is perpetrating the idea that this gets you famous when you do these terrible things. And we talk about these people and we give their ideas and their hate this acceptance but, and that only breeds more of it. But on the other side of the coin, when fucking Brad Pitt counters with he, the most he's ever going to be his t-shirt, like, how many times in your life have you heard what's in the box? Like, there's not one single time that I don't repeat that exact phrase whenever I hear it. Exactly like Brad shouted it. Like, Yeah, you're like, what's in the fucking box? <laughs> Uh, it's fucking, uh, it's so, so much good shit about this movie. And like, this is 25 what, years old now. And like, uh, it was 95. So yeah, I would have been 10 when it came out. So I don't think I saw it then, but I definitely remember watching it like early 2000s and like, was yeah, I remember away. when, uh, when DVDs were becoming a thing and like, I started buying all the DVDs I could find this when I first saw it. But, um, what's crazy is like, if you go back and look at the time and how people remember, they remember it as being like this extremely dark and disturbing and violent movie. But like the only actual death you see in the film is Brad Pitt killing Kevin Spacey. Everything else is just, and even then so much of it, you don't actually see like, you know, the prostitute, you just see your legs and the fat guy, you just kind of see his autopsy. That's another great thing about how tight this movie is. is like, so many of the scenes lead into the next one 
and like they get a clue clue or detail and they don't necessarily show that in that scene but then they go to the next scene and it shows like it's so tight that like we're not wasting time learning what it is before we actually see the crime scene or wherever the clue was from and like such a brilliant thing um I remember a couple things from this movie have like stuck with me over the years, especially the uh, ladies not yelling rape, looking for help, rather yelling and them instead yelling fire to get somebody to come and help them. And um, fuck, what was the other thing? Um, another, oh, the uh, get, getting put on a list for like researching this stuff. Or, or like checking out a certain books and like how real has that got to be now that like Nazis have essentially resurfaced with. Well, it is that I think I want to say it was after nine 11, they started a, a registry on people who were checking out certain books, like mm-hmm. the anarchist handbook and stuff, you know, like that would flag to an FBI database. Yeah. So it's just a wild, wild fucking movie. And like, uh, another thing that like I really enjoy about this, like it feels so much that uh, me and you are these two. Like you're definitely like uh, fucking Morgan Freeman in this scenario. Like you've been doing this for so long that you're kind of beaten down and trodden, and like I'm coming in with this like optimistic viewpoint of like changing the world or whatever. But like leaning with emotions compared to like leaning with logic and stuff. Like it's just, yeah, and that's why you're going to end up in prison. And I'm not, no, I won't shoot that guy. I promise. Maybe. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like when you look into it of like how fucking the studio fought that ending so hard. Dude, like, I can't apparently... imagine this movie ending any other way. Like, um, even with Civil War, when Iron Man finds out, like, they had a, they knew and playing, or played a part in his parents' death, like, there's no other action than that reaction that they give, like, there's, and, and I love it that earlier in Seven, like, Morgan Freeman even references, like, there's so many unrevenged murders, and, like, that stuck with me the to the end it's like shit like there's no way for that to end differently so yeah i guess they tried a couple different ones but i think one of the original things was morgan freeman was gonna shoot him instead to save mills see and that's what that's that's what i like i remember the ending like i remember spacey dying and i couldn't remember which one it did and at that point like morgan freeman had basically checked out because like he just hated the world that he lived in and like I thought he was going to sacrifice himself but then Brad shoots him and was like well I mean that that played out exactly how it was supposed to but goddamn, like that had so much more impact than anything else could have so mm-hmm. it's good still a really good movie and like that like uh, what are we at like number 30 or so on this best list? Oh, uh, that was number 20. Oh, really? Fair enough. Yeah. But, like, we have 20 better than this. Like, I'm just... I'm loving these movies, so... That's cool shit. If you haven't seen Seven yet, I highly suggest it, because it's, it's, it plays on this premise of, like, this jigsaw killer, like, finding these people that don't have quote-unquote, the reason to live on um, and giving them an out without... Well, I guess he's only done that, did that to the one who cut off her nose, but um, yeah, it's just that serial killer shit like people are eating up nowadays. Like, I don't think it's really done this well since, so. Well, and that's the thing is, like, this movie was so big and influential that so much of serial killer media after it is trying to emulate this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can believe it. Like, just fascinating. So, that the trying to figure out 
the killers and like figuring out the the next move before they can. Um, yeah, a lot of this shocked me since I hadn't seen it in a long time. But like when they showed up at his apartment beforehand, like it was interesting because the movie starts and like Morgan Freeman has a week left on the job. And uh, he doesn't want this case because that's he feels like it's going to go on forever. Um, but at that point, I thought, I was like, are we getting a death for every day of the week? And it's like, we get a the two off the bat. And it's like, then it kind of spaces out a little bit more. But then he decides to stay on until this case is through. Or a few more days, at least. And then we get that end. And it's just fucking wild. So... Fucking awesome movie, man. Fincher is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really is. Like, he seems like the biggest douchebag ever, but it's just like, you make good movies, man, so whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm, I don't think I have any complaints about Fincher movies. I'm I'm still on board with, like, Girl with Dragon Tattoo and shit like that, so. Yeah, it's just like, it's fine. <laughs> Didn't he direct a show last year that we were kind of lukewarm on it? Mind Hunter. He did like oh, two episodes right. of that. That's right. Um, so yeah, jumping from there to if Luke liked Aladdin. Mm, how do I want to put it? <laughs> it's like your appendix. When it's there, you're like, eh, whatever. And when it's gone, you're like, guess I didn't need it. <laughs> That's a fucking interesting way to review a fucking movie. Take it or leave it. Um, well, because, like, at no point was I, like, offended by this movie. But as I watched it, I was just like, oh, I could be watching the 92 cartoon, which is much better. And they're stealing all the good parts from anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I miss... Robin Williams, Genie, most of all. Uh, Will Smith did an alright job. I think even when I told you to brace yourself, like, I wasn't, like, Will Smith was probably the least favorite part of the movie. Um, but yeah, I liked it enough. Uh, it's, it's weird. I really enjoyed the, like, um, song and dance of it. I think a lot of that equates to, like, how much fun I had with Gunday and, um, even how bad race three was, but we still get those ridiculous songs. Um, I just enjoyed uh, that side of it, but also it's cool to see things from different perspective. Like I, I remember us talking about this when black Panther came out last year, but like seeing other cultures, I think does wonders. And like when the movie started and like, they aren't quite as cartoony as the cartoon, like, as an artist, you're known to draw villains in a certain way. So, like, when you see them on screen, you know, hey, that's a villain. And when these people are very similar to everybody, it's hard to discern. Bad guy from good. Um, so that's where I lean towards the cartoon aspect of it. But then again, how many terrible people do we know in our lives that are all right in other facets? And it's like, it it lends itself well to a reality aspect, but I think it's really good to see these characters brought to life, if only for representations for other cultures and shit like that. Which, like, I get what you're saying, yeah, but I feel what they did with Jafar is just pushing this, like, religious extremism. Yeah. It's almost uh, a very bad stereotype of Middle Eastern people. Yeah, you know he's literally just like I want to build. I want to build the caliphate and destroy all my enemies from out within for no reason. I want military dominance and I want to control everything. And it's like you kind of yeah yeah for sure. Um, also the couple changes they did to it felt really forced, um, especially with the uh, Jasmine being silenced aspect. Um, Which, again, like, I get that, like, that is a broadly defined, you know, 
characteristic that we look down on people for the Middle East and like the regressive role of women that have over there. But like, I also don't feel that the arc they tried to give her works when she's all like, I represent the will of the people. And I'm like, bitch, you went out to the market once. You don't know who these people are. Um, also, I would have loved to seen the original cartoon adapted, not just basically copied. Um, I think they should they could have done a lot of cooler things, but I think given it to Guy Ritchie, he he's not known for his. Well, I guess he does have those few movies that he did to start his career, like were his right. Rock and roll and um, well, I don't know. So, like the last two movies are this and um, King Arthur, right? Yeah, and then he did those Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Downey, and he did Man from Uncle, uh, Rock and Rolla, Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Like weird fucking choice to be like a musical remake of Aladdin, like one of the weirdest directing choices I've ever seen, but it's not like he, he is a non-factor in the film. Like there's a few flourishes that seem to be that guy, Richie thing where like, you know, slow down and then ramp up and Mm. and freeze frame a little bit of that. But for the most part, I think almost anyone could have directed this movie because for the most part, they're just copying the cartoon. Which has got me intrigued by Lion King because that looks like a direct shot for shot remake. Um, but with Favreau directing it, hopefully like I it's interesting to see if they can even do anything to improve on what the cartoon was, so Well, and it's weird that it's like one, I feel like Disney's ashamed of their cartoons and they're like hmm we need to do this live action you're like well when you when you're doing it in quote unquote live action you're killing all the expressiveness and the things that yeah. make animation special you know what they what you're able to do with animation is not to be photorealistic and that's saying so so it loses some of the charm that you get from that that's but i also absolutely feel absolutely perfect <laughs> But I feel like they're also just scared to do anything that's not an original. Like they don't, they don't want to do anything original. Yeah. If they're not doing Star Wars or comic adaptations, they're like, "Hey, we're remaking all of our other movies that we know people love." You know, like I don't know. Disney's weird. No, no. I mean, all that makes so much sense, and like, it feels like. The original Disney aspect of everything is being overshadowed by everything else right now. Like, but easily Marvel, easily Star Wars, and even Pixar has its own like coming up in cult following to the point where Disney got back into animation and with the Wreck It Ralph and Cars series, like trying to do their own thing. So it's like, hey, we can still do own our ideas, but also we have all these things that we won't let into go into public public domain so why not just use those and rather than making something new and like that seems very detrimental to them considering it seems like they want to do something with their company but can't capitalize on that um and like in terms of it like i like the Jungle Book that Favreau did, but otherwise, at no point am I like, I would rather watch one of these than the original shit that I have nostalgia for. Yeah, at no I, point am I like... Yeah, I remember talking well, I, about uh, Jungle Book and, like, I really just wanted to watch the cartoon at that point because King Louis seems so much better than it, just because it's so much fun. Um, but I can I understand what they're trying to do. Uh, like, I just hope it connects with somebody out there that maybe missed the cartoon that's 30 years, 20 years old now, 30 years old, something like that. So That was 92, I think, was yeah. when Aladdin came out. That's crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, and I also, I think it's nuts that Disney's doing like four of these in like a five month span, yeah. you know, because um, we how- just had Dumbo. 
How many people and were we in the theater when you saw it? Like ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was five or six when I saw it. So, and like that was, it, but I mean, like, Friday night. Yeah, I went yesterday at like four, but uh, I don't know. It's also like it's gonna make over a hundred million dollars this weekend. So mm-hmm. what do I know? It's it's crazy to see that they're so they're profiting from their uh, mediocrity. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I feel like they could do much more, but they just aren't willing to take the risk. So it is what it is. Uh, now let's talk about Brightburn. <laughs> uh, now that you've sat with it a couple of days, what are your feelings on it? It's not good. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'm so on the fence with this movie. Um, at one side, I see why we don't do super villain movies because, like, it kind of just gets boring <laughs> real quick. Um. I don't know. Like, just... It just felt like a real mess of a movie. Well, and here's... uh, I think what the interesting is, is, like, I don't think that the movie's boring because it's a quote-unquote supervillain movie. I do think the movie's fucking boring, but I think that's because they're not doing anything in the film. Yeah. I think they are basically just going, hey, we're going to steal all the iconography of Superman because you know it, and then twist it on its head, but give no motivation for why any of that's happening. Yeah. Um, if if you wanted to try and give me an idea of nature versus nurture, and like the idea that Superman has always had the power to enslave everyone and destroy this planet if he wants to, but because he was raised by the Kents and they instill instilled this uh, genuine heart and affection for everything into him and raised him right. That's why he's the way he is and doesn't. But in this film, like, it seems like the family does a good job raising him and he's a normal kid until one second he's not and then just decides to start murdering him. Like, like his like spaceship kind of turns him on to be just a murderous bastard. And yeah, like, and like, nothing is that what happened? <laughs> and even then, even at that point, you know, there's been plenty of stories where like, the fortress of solitude and there's the crystals and he's talking to Jorel and you realize like the Kryptonians are harsher than humans. And he rejects that to defend the way that he was born and raised. So you could play with that, but no, instead the ship's just kind of like, take the world. And he's all like, fuck yeah, I'll take the world. Like it just, it doesn't play. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like had they gave him, a few more years, maybe mid-teens, not like 12-year-old when these people, when little children don't have rational skills to understand the world around them, to put them in that spot and like make him take over the world at that point. Like, yeah, it, it just felt so flat. Um, even with like the the song that starts when the credit starts rolling, it's like, just kind of felt like a slap in the face, like, yeah, we're badass, and we can kill whatever we want. It's like... Listen, I want to need you to tone it down and not talk (laughs) shit about Billie Eilish, because I really like that song. I think the song is good, but the context they showed and just him blasting through buildings and, like, killing people for for a non-sequitur just... I hated that aspect of it. I think the song's cool, but... Well, and then add in the fact that they're like, and also, here's a murderous Aquaman. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just... By the, the, the size this movie missed the mark is such a wide margin. Like, I was looking forward to this movie for, like, the last couple months. Um mainly because I just wanted to see what the logo was from. Like, that logo is so close to the brand of Sacrifice from Berserk that it kind of just makes me hate the movie even more that it, like, kind of tried making its own iconography that just feels so bland for just a murderous 12-year-old. 
But yeah, like the shit when he, I don't know. It's not even good, like, slasher types. Like when he does set, when he does kill a few people, like, it's just brutal for the sake of being brutal. Yeah, and none of it makes any sense. Yeah. Like, are you literally telling me that, like, his aunt answers the door with him there at, like, 10 at night, and she's all like, go home, and wouldn't text or call his family to be like, your fucking kid's here. Yeah. Also, it said she's like, going to bed, babe. If I shoot my 12-year-old that has superpowers in the back of the head and he stands up, I'm like, all right, it's done. I've had a good run. I'm not fucking, there's no way I'm running away from this, so do, do whatever. Plus, Plus, what the fuck was his his plan to be like, I'm going to shoot him when, like, when literally he's been like, he's never been sick, he's never been cut, he's never broken a bone, there's something wrong with him, you're not willing. What the fuck do you think shooting him is going to do, you dumb fuck? Yeah. Just, I was super disappointed. But, from there to a fa- fascinating, fantastic movie called Booksmart. And how great was Which you almost forgot to go watch, so... I really did. I wish I would have caught it after uh, Brightburn, because that would have made the night even better, but... Um, yeah, Catching It Yesterday was awesome. Did you like it? Yeah, I really like it. Um, but it's weird, because I don't know why or how or... It's... One, you can be, like... Um, regressive about it and be like oh it's just the female version of super bad <laughs> and you and you're like that feels regressive but then you're also kind of like well it does kind of follow the exact same fucking beats it's just these two kids deciding to go to a party for the first time to try and hook up with people um but in the end it's uh it just i like it because it has a level of i think authenticity like i feel like this is very real. All these kids feel fully formed and no one seems like a caricature. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of that, like, uh, I had a few friends tell me that it was what it was like and I was like, I'm, I like Super Bad enough so I should enjoy this movie. And the, you throw that goddamn Firebird Trans Am in any movie, it's going to be a like for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shallow like that. I'm just letting you know. Directors out there. You throw that trans name in, and I'm I'm in, I'm in for fucking Joe Dirt. I'm in for this. Throw the trans name into more things, but uh, I think it was just a fun little scene to get towards the end of the movie with. Um, it took a part from fighting with my family that was really splendid, where uh, they call her out on being this uh, hermit who just kind of is in her own side inside her own head and like her friends are like yeah we're we're getting out of here too and going to good colleges because we're people like just because you're studied every day instead of going having fun doesn't make you better it just makes you an asshole because you never got to have any more friends but also your one friend's super fucking loyal and like that's something to be cherished um, I feel like it, it mashed the best parts of like Orange County with the best parts of Superbad, but made it a female version. And like, I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to see the movie again when it comes around uh, to the theater here in town uh, because I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it is, I don't want to say it's quote unquote flopping. Because technically, it all extends intents and purposes. Like, this is a small indie-driven film. Why mm-hmm. they decided to drop it in a wide release is crazy. They should have done, like, a smaller release and just expanded as it got bigger and bigger and word of mouth. Because yeah. at this point, you drop it in 2,500 theaters, and it's only going to make $5 million, and it's going to get kicked out. Because yeah. the, there's going to be word of mouth that it's good, but you're not going to give it time to grow and live. So I think this is going to be a movie that a lot of people miss and catch up later on DVD. That sucks. I, I didn't even think about that aspect. But yeah, that would have worked really well. And I mean, we were talking it over uh, when we went and saw Redburn, but like we have three movies to watch for like the next two months. 
So it feels like this one definitely isn't going to get traction. I hope it does because I, it, it just came out of nowhere. And like, I saw a, a half a trailer for it two weeks ago and was like fascinated by the premise. Also, yeah. the, the, uh, the lead chick, um, the one that goes off to Africa, she was really great and justified. So I was like, when I thought she was playing this role, I was like, hell yeah. So. Uh, it's oh great. fuck! She was that little kid, just yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how well she does, and she killed it. So, um, I, I think they did a lot of great things. Like they even took concepts from Blockers last year that worked well, and like these women just come into their own. Like it was just a cool story to see. Yeah, it's really good, and I really like it. And like I said, unfortunately, it's gonna, it's gonna get. It's due later in life yeah. when people catch it on like HBO and DVD and stuff. But like, it's it, you should go see it. It's really really good. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's smart. Um, it's that thing that like, as much as I like Superbad, I think it's funny. Like, I don't believe that those are real people. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I believe all these kids are real. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, even that part when like. The like the stoner kids are like ragging on her and she's trying to throw it in her face that she's going to a good school and they're like, listen. Or how she say she's like, we it's not that we don't care about school, it's that we don't only care about school. Like I may be great at giving hand jobs, but I also got a sixteen forty on my SAT and get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's so good. Um so get out and see it if the if you're Having uh questioning seeing one movie, I'd check this one out this week for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's we'll, where we'll leave it. Um, I'll be championing this all year. I'm pretty sure this is going to be on my top 10 at the end. So, Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw and agreed with the tweet where like um, the Russo brothers put out a tweet and they were just like, go see Endgame for the fourth time, guys. Come on, get those feels. And somebody was like, or you could not be an asshole and go see a movie that's not going to make $3 billion like yeah. Booksmart. You know? Yeah. Yes. 100% that. Um, so what are we watching for next week? Next week is a big hodgepodge. Um, oh, yeah. Because we got Rocket Man. We got fucking uh, Godzilla. Um, and Ma. And Ma. Fuck yeah, Ma. Dracula's in it. Everybody see Ma. So we can talk about it next week. <laughs> um... But then we also have, for our best and worst, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai and uh, the Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez movie, Geely. Wow. Well, listen, you can make that whoo, sound. I saw Geely in theaters, motherfucker. <laughs> I know somebody didn't see. No, it was you. We've had this talk many times, and like this was a movie that I just relegated. I'd never see because that uh, the wide, wide realizing that it's just a crap movie. So fuck, damn it! Now I'm kind of excited to see it, so we can have this talk about why it was so bad. <sighs> Son of a bitch. I mean, it's bad. It's weird. It's again. It's one of the ideas of why I wanted to do like the best and worst because like are these movies really the worst of the worst or is it just they have a reputation for being bad so that mm. puts them high on? Like, G Lee's bad, but it's not the 19th worst movie ever made. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. <sighs> Looking forward to that. Uh, didn't you say we were starting a show this week, too? Well, here's the thing. We got a big old smorgasbord of random shit, okay? Oh, man. So, <laughs> one, we have the Deadwood movie this weekend. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Two, uh, we have Good Omens starting on uh, Prime. Nice. The adaptation of the Terry Pratchett uh, Neil Gaiman book. Are we? Um, how many episodes is that? Uh, we're doing it one at a time. I okay. assume it's only going to be one at a time, but oh, we're going to yeah, do yeah. it. That makes it, sense for sure. Because then here's the other thing. Um, Swamp Thing also starts this week on the DC All Access streaming site. Fair enough. So we're going to dip our toes in. We've already seen Doom Patrol's first episode, right? Yep. So we're going to watch the first episode of Swamp Thing and the first episode of Titans. We're going to kind of get this feel on what DC is <laughs> doing over on their 
streaming. Interesting. Interesting for sure. Um, the Deadwood movie that takes place after the three seasons, right? Yeah, it's like ten years later. Son of a bitch. I gotta binge three seasons of Deadwood now. It's not happening. I know you. It's Bullshit. You don't know anything. They're hour long episodes, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, they're hour longs and there's ten to twelve every episode, so wow. or every season. Son of a bitch. We'll see what we can well, accomplish. You... <laughs> what do you just not remember? Come on, uh, man. I I remember the first few episodes, but I think I don't know if I ever got to the first season. You never got through the first season? Um, see, this was back when the DVDs were and like we weren't, didn't have a streaming service. So I'm pretty sure I borrowed the season from a friend, but like got through that first disc and like they were like, we need those back because we want to watch them. It's like, oh, okay. And then I never, get, never pursued it because I figured I had all the time in the world to watch it. You motherfucker. No, I feel terrible. Uh, can we just watch season one for the next week? Nope. <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be a rough week for me, for sure. <laughs> just, just read a Wikipedia. You're fine. It's not good enough, because i got to give Frank his view. <laughs> yeah, you haven't for, what, that show's been off the air for like 12 years? I didn't even think the years? movie was this soon. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. So, uh, you gotta listen to the thunder. All right, listen, listen to the listen. thunder. Can we skip best and worst for next week? No, there's no reason to. There is when I have to binge thirty hours of goddamn Deadwood. <laughs> you don't have to, and you're not going to. That's the thing. Fuck you can you. talk a big game, but I know you won't get through it. So fuck you. I've got all the time in the world. Nobody's stopping me. <laughs> all right, yeah, watch all that shit. I watched everything today before we recorded. Listen, I can binge 30 hours in 20 hours. That's fine. <laughs> all right, watch all that shit. We're going to come back and talk about it all next week. Uh, peace, pineapple, all that good stuff.